0: Morning everybody, happy Easter from
1: us. Happy
2: Easter everybody, love you guys. Morning every
3: happy Easter to you. Happy Easter everybody, miss you. Happy Easter everybody, we love you guys. Happy Easter, miss you guys. Happy
1: Easter guys. I love you.
0: Happy Easter. Can't wait to see your faces in real person.
3: Happy, Happy Easter. Easter.
4: Love you guys. Happy Easter. We miss you. Happy Easter. Love and miss you guys. Happy Easter. Yeah.
3: in good morning would you guys like some coffee I just want to remind you parents that we have something for your kids too you can click on the link in the comments or you can or you can go to our CF kids page and it will kind of have a lot of fun and this month we are learning about humility hey we still want to continue to be good neighbors in fact the best way to volunteer right now is to reach out to your neighbors. We've put together some tips on how how you can do that on our website under church from home. Go ahead and check that out at some point this week.
1: Join with us as we worship.
3: Happy Easter everybody, we're here at Sea of Paris. We know this isn't how we normally do things and it's not a normal Easter, but we hope that you can come and worship with us. So we love you, join along.
2: The hair that once was crowned with thorn is crowned with glory now. The Savior knelt to wash our feet. Now at His feet we bow. The One who The resurrected King is
4: resurrecting me In your name I come alive To declare your victory The resurrected King is resurrecting me And by your Spirit I will rise From the ashes of defeat The resurrected King is resurrecting me And in your name I come alive declare your to me the resurrected King is resurrecting me the resurrected King.
2: Watched in vain, was borrowed for three days, and his body there would not remain. Our God has robbed the rain, our God has robbed the
4: I come alive to declare your victory
0: the resurrected
4: king is resurrecting me the resurrected king is resurrecting me.
1: spoke a word you were singing over me you have been so so good out of Субтитры
2: Jesus paid it all All
4: to Him I owe Sin had left a crimson stain, He
2: washed it white.
1: Sing it one more time. Jesus paid it
2: all. Jesus paid
1: Forsaken, I am. we thank you for meeting us right here where we are today. All across this city, this state, this nation, however far this worship rings. God, our heart and our prayer is that you be glorified by it. Your word says that When we worship you, you inhabit our praises, and we thank you for your presence. As we have lifted you up and worshiped you, you are here with us today on this amazing Resurrection Sunday. God, we're grateful for so much. You are so good and so kind to us. Let us remember always about how deep your love is for us and no matter what we do or say we could never do or say enough to make you love us more or do or say enough to make you love us any less we are your children we are loved by you and we worship you amen
2: good morning cf family as we continue to worship this morning and receive our tithes and offerings we want to remind you that even during church from home you have several good options for continuing to give you can visit our website at cfparis.church to set up online recurring or one-time gifts there and for those of you who may be more comfortable using text You can use the number below to set up text giving as well easily through your phone. We want to thank the many of you who have called and asked us how you can reach out and help those in our community that are struggling during this time. We've heard some amazing stories of generosity from the members of our church family. And we want to continue to seek the Holy Spirit and encourage you to do so in finding ways to help and serve during this time. Thank you.
3: Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three His blood and in his name, in his freedom I am free for the gospel of Jesus Christ, who is resurrected in me.
0: everybody. Happy Easter. I am beyond excited to join with you, your family this morning as we celebrate Easter. Uh, I can't express how much that uh, I'm grateful, how much I love each and every one of you. Just this last week, I've had people writing me, telling me encouraging words, just telling me how much they appreciate what we're doing. The church is putting out uh, messages, video messages every day of the week. Plus, we're, we're doing this here live because we have to social distance. And uh, but it, it means a lot to me. It means a lot to me that you would take the time to stop what's going on in your world to today, especially to celebrate that the stone is rolled away, the tomb is empty, and that Christ Jesus is risen from the dead. Um, look, I, I today is going to be a little bit different. I, I, uh, I don't know exactly what it is that comes to your mind or what you feel or what you think of when you hear the word church but my hunch is i would guess that it's it's something that's far cry different than what people in the first generation thought uh when in the first century when they when they started the church it it was a movement It, it was something that they were excited about it it wasn't an institution there was no liturgy there was no tradition there was no bible there was no banners bands you know, buildings, all of these things that that we now consider the church. But but from the very beginning, what it was, was that it began as a movement around just a, a very simple idea. It began as a movement around a very simple idea. And that simple idea was an event in history, an event that, that we call Easter. But that event was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, The resurrection of Jesus Christ was what brought together the first century believers, what inspired them, what created this this movement. That event and the testimony, the testimony of the eyewitnesses that were witnessed to that event is what launched the local church. Um, It was always a movement. And so today, what I want to do is I want to continue our series, Faith Over Fear, encouraging you guys to choose Faith Over Fear. But today, I want to specifically talk about spiritual doubts. Spiritual doubts. There's a lot of people, I myself, I feel like I'm a, I'm a very analytical person. And so I know a lot of people as well that say, well, I'm, I'm naturally a skeptic or I'm naturally analytical and, and I need questions answered first. Um, there's people who who would give God the benefit of the doubt, like, well, you know, I mean, there's there's probably a higher power, but I doubt his involvement in my life or in human life, or or I doubt that he would hear my prayers. I've prayed before a lot and, and I never heard anything, so either he's too busy or he's just not involved in my life. Some people doubt that that God could actually love them. Some people sit there and look at their past, look at the what's brought them to today and say something to the effect of, if there is a God, after everything that I've done, he couldn't love me or he couldn't forgive me. Uh, there's others who would say something to the effect of, look, I I want to believe in God. Um, but then, but then I met some of his followers. I met some Christians. Um, and those people, those people were messed up. They were screwy and they were by far the most hypocritical people I've ever met. Uh, and, and so their question is, how can I believe in God? How can I believe in God when his followers are so messed up? Uh, so, so this morning, for those of you that, uh, that aren't normal church people, um, I, I, there's, there's church people that say stuff to the effect of, look, if you ever have doubts, uh, that means that you don't have faith. And, and if you have doubts, then you're probably not saved. But this morning, what I want to do is, is I really want to take an opposite approach. Um, I want to come at you this morning, and, and I want to say that unless you actually push through honest doubts, you may never experience the depth of faith that you could. This morning, I want to tell you that doubt, I truly believe, can be the beginning of a true, real, sincere, grounded faith. I'm calling today's message, Faith Through Doubt. Um, Today, what I want to do specifically is I want to look at uh, one guy in particular. This guy's name was Thomas. He's one of the 12 disciples um, he's actually only mentioned 12 times in Scripture. In, in the whole Bible, from beginning to end, you find his name mentioned 12 times in, in the passages. And, and, but in just those 12 times that he's mentioned, he's forever, for history, for life, branded as Doubting Thomas. We know him as Doubting Thomas, and he's branded for life. But what I believe and what I want to show you, though, is that who he becomes... Who Thomas becomes is evidence that even the biggest of doubters can one day have the strongest of faith. This is faith through doubt. So I want to pick up in Luke chapter 24 and all the way back to, to week one. This is the fourth week that we've been going completely live with you guys on with, uh, with no gathering together of, of the body. Um, but back in week one, I preached out of Luke chapter 24 where Jesus appeared. He had just been crucified, we know risen from the dead. Um, there's a couple guys walking along the road uh, to Emmaus, and Jesus appears to them, and he asks them, why are you so afraid? And, and they didn't realize it was Jesus till way later. But right after that story is where I want to pick up in Luke chapter 24, verse 36. It says this, while the disciples were still talking about this, so the two disciples that Jesus had met with had gone back all the way to Emmaus. They found the other disciples. They gathered together, had a, had a service. And, and in this service, they're coming together. They're talking about what had just happened. Look, Jesus just appeared to us. I, I'm telling you, it was him. And the others are unsure. They're questioning. And we pick up in verse 36 again. It says, while the disciples were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. Well, I mean, of course they did. They had all just witnessed his death. They had all witnessed him being crucified. So, so now, all of a sudden, Jesus was dead, and now he's walking right up in the room that they're in. They see him. Uh, startled is probably a mild word that, uh, that they use. I, I, myself, would have been freaked out just a little bit. But Jesus says to them, and you can hear the love in his voice, he says, Why are you troubled? why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your mind? In other words, what I hear Jesus saying is, look, did you forget I opened the blind eyes? Did you, do you not remember how, how I healed deaf ears, how I raised the dead even? Look, I promised you, I even sat down with you and I promised you that I'd have to give my life, but in three days time, I would be back. Um, did you forget that? Do you, look, I, I told you what was going to happen. And so here's Jesus saying all this, and he he ends up saying, why do you doubts rise in your mind? And then he says, look at my hands and look at my feet. It is I myself, touch me and see. Now, uh, what's interesting, and and you don't immediately notice just by reading Luke chapter 24, but if you jump over to John chapter 20, John gives the same account that Luke gives. Both Luke and John were there. But John mentions one other thing that Luke doesn't mention, and uh, somebody missed the service. Somebody missed church that day, and the person that missed is Thomas. Thomas wasn't there to see Jesus say, "Peace be with you." Thomas wasn't there, and and I, I think a lot of times what happens in our lives is is we get comfortable with church, and so we're okay with maybe missing this time or that time. And look, and I encourage families go be with your family. And I mean, if you've got time to go out on a boat or, or to be together or whatever, I, man, that's awesome. I encourage you. You don't have to be in church every Sunday, but. Thomas missed one service and in missing one service, he missed Jesus. He missed the power of God. He missed God's spirit directly influencing his life. He missed God looking into his life and saying, look, I, it's me, I'm here for you. Just in missing one service. I wanna show you, John chapter 20, verse 24 says this. John, accounting for the same, the same thing, says this. He says, now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So we know that at this, both Luke chapter 24 and John chapter 20, at this particular moment, all the disciples had gotten together, but Thomas missed church. He missed out. Well, what did he miss? Like I said, he missed out on the presence of God. I mean, that's something significant in his life. It would have changed that very next week for him. But let me move on. So a a week goes by and it says this. So the other disciples told him, they came up to Thomas. They say, hey, Thomas, we've seen the Lord. We've seen Christ. But he said to them, Thomas says to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, unless I put my finger where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. I, I feel Thomas is being real. There's there's a lot of us who are afraid to say the very same thing, but but if we were honest with ourselves, we would ask ourselves the very hard pressing questions. And Thomas is doing just that. He's saying, look, you've had your moment. You had your time with Jesus. I I don't want secondhand faith. I don't want my mom and dad's faith. I, I, I don't want grandma's faith. I don't want some second story faith. I need a firsthand experience. I need to see God. I need to touch God. I need to feel him in my life. And he says, if I can't, it's not enough for me. I think so many people believe today because their parents believed or because somebody else in their life believed. But, but what happens is, is when you live that life one day, when, when something happens, when your world is shaken, what little bit of faith you had, all of a sudden, those doubts start to rise up in your mind. And you start to question, you start to ask myself, ask yourself, do I really believe this? Is this just my parents' faith? Is is Jesus really the only way? Does God even really exist? Does He hear my prayers? And and if Jesus did exist, did He really raise rise from the dead? Uh, because look, I, I, we we've got we've got we've got to look at these questions, and, and uh, because if if you, you can't miss the claims that the disciples are making. These were eyewitnesses to what had just happened, but their claims, their claims, historical claims, they're claiming that God loved us so much that he didn't stay in heaven. They're claiming that God became one of us in the form and the person of his son, Jesus, who was born of a virgin. I mean, the story is extravagant. They're claiming that this Jesus then lived without sin and then put himself, he he gave himself up on the cross, died as the perfect sacrifice in our place. The claims go on to say that he didn't stay dead, that Jesus rose from the the dead, that eyewitnesses saw him, and that on the third day the stone was rolled away and that that Jesus was no longer inside that tomb. They claimed he was risen from the dead. And the truth is, if that's true, then it demands a response from us all. If that is true, if what the disciples claim is true in your life, then it demands a response from you too. Uh, And and Thomas, Thomas is basically saying, look, this is important to me. And and I want to know that it's true. I want to know for a fact in my life, because if it is, if this is true, it changes everything. This would change everything. Uh, I think sometimes real faith, real faith comes when you press through sincere doubts. Doubts, guys, are not the end of real faith doubts are not the end of real faith. For many, I believe that doubts can be the beginning of a rock solid faith that will carry you on to glorify God in all that you do. Some of you here tuning in, I think you you may you wanna believe, but but maybe like Thomas, you need a little bit more. So Thomas, listen here. Thomas says this. He says, I want to believe, but I need just a little bit more. But that's exactly what Jesus does. Jesus does just that for him. We pick up in verse 26, John chapter 20, verse 26. It says this, a week later, the disciples were all in the house again. And Thomas, Thomas was with them. This time, Thomas, he's not missing out on church. And so it says this, a week later, the disciples were in the house again. And Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. He walks through the wall, number one. I mean, look, he's he's adamant on being able to show Thomas, to, to meet Thomas right where he's at. He goes in, he says, peace be with you. And then in verse 27, it says, then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Notice Jesus doesn't Uh, doesn't even acknowledge initially any of the other disciples he makes it a point to look for the very one who wants to believe who desires to know more who wants to know that what that Jesus is truth he goes straight to Thomas and and you can you can sense the love that, that that Jesus has as he goes to Thomas and he gives Thomas exactly what Thomas needed to believe Jesus gave Thomas exactly what he needed to believe, and I I truly believe this morning that that this Easter Sunday, that the presence of God this morning is going to give you what you need to believe. There's some here this morning, and you may have your doubts, but, but just like God did for me, just like he did for billions of other followers across the globe this morning, doubters, skeptics, For ones who wanted to believe, I believe that this morning God wants to reveal himself to you. Um, I want to continue on in verse 28. It says this, Thomas said to him, so Jesus reveals himself to Thomas, and Thomas immediately looks back at Jesus, having gotten what he needed to believe, and he says, my Lord and my God. What a humbling moment. It became personal for him. It became something that that wasn't passed down faith. It wasn't secondhand faith. This was firsthand. This was a belief. He believed Jesus and it became personal for him. Look, it's happened to me and that's exactly what I'm crazy enough to believe can happen for you this morning. That somehow something bigger than just the norm something bigger than even just my story is going to get into your heart that you're going to stop doubting and that you're going to believe that his story can truly become your story uh, through history what we've done is is we've we've elevated the apostles the disciples uh, we've 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 re- we revered the disciples as apostles as leaders of the faith great men of god but when you think back to this moment, think back to the eyewitnesses and think who they were, their stories, man, it, it truly builds my faith. Most of them, every single one of them had to walk through doubts to get to where they were, to become who we now know them today, the apostles, the, the, the great leaders of the faith. I think about Peter. Peter looked right into Jesus's eyes and, and, and with a cocky boldness says, Jesus, I'm going to always be there for you. Jesus looked right back at him and said, Tonight, tonight you're going to deny me three times. Uh, Peter was was boastful, proud. And he said, I would never, nothing like that would ever happen. But sure enough, before the death of Jesus that night, uh, Peter, three times on three different occasions said, Look, I don't know. him. I've never heard of him. Don't know who that guy is. I'm not one of his followers. He denied Jesus three times. But the beauty of that story is after the resurrection, Jesus appears back to Peter and he says to him, Do you love me, Peter? There there was no condemnation. There was no tearing down. There was not, see, I told you so. All it was was looking into Peter's eyes and saying, Peter, do you love me? And I can can hear in Peter's voice just this this lament, this, God, I'm I'm trying. I do. I I really do. But but I fail sometimes. I I fall sometimes. I'm messing up. But I, I do, God, I love you. And Jesus looks at him, and he tells him that he loves him, and he forgives him no condemnation, no beat down, but but an uplifting and encouraging from Jesus. Peter is so transformed by that very moment that he goes on to preach what we now know as the day of Pentecost. 3,000 people got saved that very day, invited into the kingdom of God. And, And look, and Peter became the rock that Jesus already knew he was. Peter became the rock that Jesus already knew he was. And years later, uh, the, uh, the people that, that hated Christ, hated Christianity and, and, and wanted to wipe it out, they come to Peter and they told him flat out, they said, look, unless you deny your faith, we're going to take your life. Unless you deny your faith, we're going to take your life. And, and, and Peter looked back at him and he said, look, I, I will never again, I will never again deny my Lord and my Savior. There was a personal moment. Something had happened in his life. There was something different. And so what ended up happening to Peter is, is they crucified him upside down. This wasn't just some tale that that he he was falling for or trying to stretch out or trying to make people believe. Man, this was life. This was real. He got crucified upside down because he believed so much. And I truly believe the same Jesus that Peter denied was the same Jesus that Peter was willing to die for. The same Jesus that maybe even today you deny is the same Jesus that died for you. I think about James. James was another disciple. He was the brother of Jesus, half-brother of Jesus, and and he ended up becoming a leader in the church. And, And years later, the same, the enemies of Christ come before James, and they say, look, you're going to renounce your faith, or we're going to kill you. Renounce your faith, or we're going to kill you. And he says, I'm not going to do it. They end up taking him up to the top of the tabernacle, almost 100 feet in the air, and they tell him, if you don't renounce your faith, we're pushing you over the edge. And he said, I will never renounce my God and my king. They shoved him him off the top of the temple. He fell almost 100 feet down to the bottom and ended up, he didn't die. He didn't die. He's alive. I can't imagine the pain he's in, the hurt he's in. Like, please, just give me a doctor. They come down and they start beating him. They start beating him, pull out sticks, clubs, and they just start beating him. And again, they ask him, look, renounce Jesus. We'll take you over to the medical doctor. We'll get you fixed up. We'll get you some medicine, ease the pain. We'll make this all better. And he said, I will never, I will never deny my Christ. And they ended up beating him to death with a club. The brother of Jesus, an eyewitness to the whole thing, willing to die. That builds my faith. I think also about Paul. Paul hated Christians. He hated them. He, he, he actually, his job, his full job was to walk around and, and to kill Christians. And then in a vision, he meets the risen Christ. He sees God firsthand and is so transformed that the very people that he hated, he becomes the leader of. And he starts preaching ferociously. He starts just having to tell people about the goodness, the thing that changed his life. And he ends up saying, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. And then they beat him. They leave him for dead again and again and again. Numerous times they keep beating him and leaving him for dead. They torture him and they, end up tell, they tell him, they say, renounce your faith. Renounce your faith. And he said, I, I won't do so. I've had a firsthand experience with God. I'm not doing it. And so Paul was beheaded. They beheaded Paul, the one who hated Christ, now willing to die for Christ. Coming back to Thomas. Thomas branded as a doubter. For all of history, now we know I'm doubting Thomas. But Thomas, Thomas was a man of great faith. Thomas was a man of great faith. Doubt is not the end of real faith. For many, for many it's only the beginning. And once Thomas had had that face-to-face with Jesus, once Thomas had had that firsthand experience, then, then Thomas went on and to travel further than any other disciple traveled all the way to India, roughly almost 3,000 miles from Jerusalem to India, just to spread the good news to everybody, sharing the good news. There's still people to this day known as Thomasites in those areas. Look, he so believed that they needed a relationship with Christ, the very Christ that had transformed him, that he traveled as far as he could. And then Years later, years later, the same people that are trying to get rid of Christianity, they found Thomas in a cave and they looked at him and they said, renounce your faith or die. And history says that his words to them, well, I will never renounce my Lord and my God the very same words that he used when he saw Jesus in that room with the other disciples. When Jesus revealed himself to Thomas, he was so humbled, so blown away by the love of God. He said, my Lord and my God. And then years later, when they're threatening him with death, he says, I will never renounce my Lord and my God. There was something real that had happened in his life. And so they drove a spear through Thomas's body. The Jesus that Thomas doubted was the Jesus that Thomas would die for. Look, my faith, me personally, it's not perfect. I have doubts. I have questions, just just like other people, just like you may have this morning. But when I think about these common guys, these stories build my faith. Uh, When I press into God, he reveals himself to me in a way that moves me through my doubts, through my doubts into faith that believes that today the tomb is empty, that today my God is risen, and that today with billions of other people on every, every continent on planet Earth, man, today we gather together to celebrate and to say that we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We believe the tomb is empty. We believe that Christ is risen. Look, as I close this morning, I, I, I want to ask you this. Do you believe enough to live for him? Some of you have have doubts, and and I would encourage you by saying that's a great place to start. It's worthy of asking the real questions. Is God real? Can can God really love me? Can he even forgive me? Doubt is not the end of real faith. Doubt is not the end of real faith. I truly believe at this very moment, there are those of you this morning that because of the presence of God, you're gonna stop doubting and you're gonna believe. God loves you. God loves you so much and there's nothing that you can do that'll make him love you more. There's nothing you can do that makes him love you less. That's how much he loves you. There's just this infinite amount of love that he has specifically for you. He loves you and I believe with all my heart that because he loves you so much that he became like you in the person, the form of Jesus Christ without sin who then died and rose again just for you. Uh, And then uh, because of eyewitnesses, because of history, because these people came together, because they all believed it enough to die for him, and because of the work of Christ and believers all over the world today, and because of my firsthand knowledge of his grace when I didn't deserve it, and how he can change a person, I believe, I know he can change you. Look, it's time to stop doubting, it's time to believe. Believe that he can change you, believe that he can forgive you, believe he is Lord. There, there are those of you who may already this morning be saying, yes, I, I'm ready, I need him. I need his grace, I need that. I need to be able to believe. Look, look. Let me let me clear one thing up. You don't need to know everything to believe something. You don't have to have all your questions answered to be able to believe. You can start with this. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he can forgive me and he can make me new. And today, by faith, I'm going to trust him and I'm going to give my life to him. Look, those of you who would say just that, yes, I need his forgiveness. If that's your prayer, man, look, I I hope that you'll bow your heads and you'll pray with me right now. Heavenly Father, forgive me for my sin. I believe Jesus died for me. I believe he rose again so that I could live for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for new life. Today, I give you mine in the name of your son, Jesus, I pray. Thank you, Father. God, I, I, I thank you. And I pray that faith would continue to grow in your people, Lord God. I pray that there would be faith that you are the all-powerful, that we would believe that all things are possible with you, God, that we have faith in your goodness and that your involvement in our lives is always for the good, for the betterment of us, Lord Jesus. That you're working in all things to bring about good to those who love you and who are called according to your purpose. Father, I pray this morning that we would have faith in the supernatural, that we would believe in miracles, Lord God, in bodies to be healed from diseases, Lord God, to be delivered and healed from from the the, the very fears that are, are, are inundating our lives today, Lord Jesus. That we would believe, Lord Jesus, in relationships to be healed from bitterness, from resentment, from hurt, Lord God. Father, I also pray for financial miracles in people's lives, that you, Lord Jesus, would be their provider right now, Lord God, that they wouldn't rely on the government, they wouldn't rely on on the job that they have, they wouldn't rely on anything else, Lord God, but the knowledge solely that you alone are their provider. Supernaturally, Father, that our faith would grow in God, our faith would not just be in what you do for us, Father, but that our faith would be in what you have called us to do for you. Lord Jesus, that we would step up and step out, that we would step outside of our four walls, that you would use us to glorify your name, to shine your light in our community, Lord God, to make a difference on this earth. Increase our faith, oh God. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. CF Paris, everybody joining in, extended family, love you guys, and I thank you for joining with us in worship today, celebrating Jesus Christ, the risen The Risen King. Look, if you're here this morning, and and you did, you prayed that prayer with me, you said, man, Corey, I'm excited about believing, write something down below in the comments, type out a little note. I'd love to respond back to you. I'd love to encourage you as well. We have other staff members that are watching right now with you, with their families and their homes that are excited about just responding back to you, reaching out and telling you you've made the greatest decision in your life. Guys, happy Easter. Jesus is risen the tomb is empty, my God reigns and he's here for you. God bless you all. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful Easter Sunday. Bless. Okay, that was a great Easter. Have fun with your family. We love you. See you soon. Bye. 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 You just thought you aren't gonna see me this year. And I
4: miss you guys so much. I just wanna give you a big hug.